See, it all started one day when I was walking down the street. I look left and I look right, thinking, how can life be so nice in here? Still Prater, come on, Prater! The Mexico United equalize! And guess who? Mr. Big Goal, Prater, 2-2! Listening to the Curse Cast with David Carl and RJ Montano. David and RJ will take you through the latest recaps, news, and interviews from around New Mexico United Soccer. You can shoot us comments or questions at the Curse NM on Twitter, the Curse New Mexico on Facebook, or email the show at thecursenm at gmail.com. And now a part of the beautiful game network and recorded from the studios of ESPN Radio 1017 the team. Here's David and RJ with the Curse Cast. Hello and thank you for tuning into the Curse Cast. I'm RJ Montano, joined alongside my co-host David Carl, and what a busy couple weeks we've had with the Curse, David. Woo! It's been a it's been a whirlwind. Have it's, you been able to catch your breath? Uh, just now for the first time, we're finally uh, on a little bit of a break here uh, after that that match against Los Dos. But man, it's been it's been exciting. It's been exhausting. It's been some of the the best. Experiences I've ever had in my life, not just soccer in general, but wow, wow, what a what a what a whirlwind it's been. And and, and I guess let's let's start with with the best part, the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, I mean, man. <laughs> so so we have to take it back a couple weeks too because we've been off. We were off we, for a week. We haven't been off. We've been we've been on. <laughs> yeah, we've been busy. We've been traveling for that reason. But so I mean, yeah, let's take it all the way back. So so we started obviously with our match against Phoenix, three three. We win in penalties. Move on. Uh, we go to extra time against Colorado Springs. Move on there. Kevon Freider scores in extra time. Uh, play 120 minutes there. So 240 minutes so far. We win two to one. Third game. We have our first, so fourth round, third game, we have our first ever matchup against an MLS team against the Colorado Rapids. And wouldn't you know it, <laughs> we go into extra time again, uh, win that one uh, in penalties. So two to two throughout the entire match. Uh, we get on the, on the board real quick, Devin Sandoval, uh, with a, a really, er, kind of a Devin Sandoval-esque goal. It's a hustle goal in the third minute to get us on the score sheet first. Uh, Colorado scores on either side of half time, makes it 2-1. We're down 2-1. And then, uh, what, what do we call him? Mr. Mr. Big, Big Goal. goal. <laughs> Kevon Freider comes in and scores in the 94th minute. Uh, that makes it 2-2, uh, makes it two to two and we go to extra time, nothing in extra time, and we go to penalties. And our Lord and Savior, Cody Mizell, takes us through. 4-2 to two in the penalty shootout, and we beat an MLS team. And, and, and that's amazing on, on, on its own, by itself. The, the thing that is just as amazing and just as exciting is the trip. We made the trip. Uh, we, we, we chartered a bus. We got our happy asses up there to, to Denver, and uh, we took over that building. And, and wasn't that a blast? Tell, take me through your experience. You know, 50 of our closest friends joined, uh, got on the bus, went up to Denver to join a 1,000 of our closest friends right. to take over Dick's Sporting Goods Stadium. Which is beautiful, by the way. Fantastic it's facility. Great that park. is We should model our stadium I would love after it. that. That yeah. is a beautiful ballpark. You know what, though, what are they called? Ballpark. Get out Fields. of here. It's, pitch. Oh, First pitch. Uh, so, so I think maybe the thing that I like the best out of the, uh, with, with regard to that stadium, so it's about, I don't know, maybe like a, a quarter of a mile, a fifth of a mile, you're, you're, you're driving up 
essentially into the center of the stadium. It's a straight road in the center of the stadium. And on either side, that whole way, are youth soccer pitches for kids. That was cool. That's so cool. I would love if we could do something I, like that. I, I, the only way we'd be able to do that is putting it out on the west side and, yeah. and far away from where we want There's to be. It's just not the space It's here. just not the space There's here. Space, but it was really cool to, to be able awesome. to drive up and see the kids playing on the field and, and enjoying you imagine, the though, day. You're, you're, you're like a, let's say you're, you're a 12-year-old girl, you're playing soccer, and you're in the shadow of the stadium where your heroes play. How cool is that? That's so amazing. Like, it's 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 a way to build youth soccer and the soccer community. Um, maybe I'm asking for too much, but I just I, I loved the idea. I loved what what the Rapids did with that complex. I I think it's great. Yeah, kudos to them. That was uh, their complex was beautiful. Uh, the game was beautiful. Yeah. I mean. Uh, I haven't been a soccer fan for very long, yep. so apparently I, I witnessed live something that almost never happens. Yeah, I, so this is the, it's, I have, as we've talked about before, been a soccer fan my whole life. I had never seen a penalty shootout in person before, prior to this. And we won. And we won. And we won. It, it, it was just... This is why they call it the beautiful game, RJ. It was it was a beautiful game. It was exciting. It was just the the goal in the ninety fourth minute from Kevon itself was amazing and poetic and wonderful and 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 gives us just this sense of gusto and excitement and and that on its own was awesome and a goal you know if we'd scored in extra time and we hadn't gone to penalties it would have been great but to go to penalties. And to, to win it the way we did and Cody to make that save and and all four of our guys to blast it into the into into the goal and and it was just beautiful. It was wonderful. It was amazing. You look down on the field and all the players are arm in arm. Yep. And you turn around and look in the stands and all the New Mexico United fans, all the curse, mm-hmm. arm in arm, and it was I don't I've never I can't describe that feeling. Yeah. I've never felt that it's way about any sport ever, even games I've played in yeah. myself, baseball, I've never felt like that. And that was really cool. Great experience. Uh, we left Denver with a win. We went out and had a great time after that. TGI Fridays. TGI Fridays. <laughs> we got, we got, only somehow the, we got really old. Only the craziest of places after an important match. We go out and we party. Hey, you know what? At all TGI you can Fridays. eat appetizers. They didn't have it, though. They didn't have it, yeah, though. TGI I wanted Fridays. all you can eat apps. And I ended up, I mean, I, I had potato skins. I was happy. But no all you can eat apps. That's the whole point of going to TGI Fridays. Anyway, we had a great time. Um, Blast. And and, uh, then we make our way back. It was a long bus ride, about eight hours each way. Uh, That's nothing to to scoff at, but not as long a bus ride as our next U.S. Open Cup match. Ten and a half hours each way to Dallas. We chartered a bus for that one as well. And um, again, as we said with Denver, worth every second on that bus (laughs) because New Mexico United... They come away with the victory yet again, knocking off another MLS team, and in my opinion, and I think most people's opinion, a better MLS team in FC Dallas. I mean, they're sitting fifth uh, on the West yeah. in the MLS, so yeah. definitely. Which is where we are in the Western Conference of the USL. Um, we can get to that in a little bit. But we knock off FC Dallas in the round of 16, 2-1. to one. Uh, We go down just before halftime, uh, Brendan Cervania with a goal in the 41st minute. Um, a hell of a strike, unstoppable for Cody uh, on a half volley from Cervania. Nothing he could do, could have done about that. But then right before the half, seconds before the half, pretty much the last kick before the half, come on, Freighter comes through. Mr. Big Goal scores again, evens it up before the half, and that was a lot of momentum, and that was key, in my opinion. Getting that goal just before the half doesn't allow the players to go into the half deflated. If you go down 1-0, you could be a little bit deflated going into that half. The players didn't. Kevon picked them up. Um... And we again we go into the half uh, tied one all. We come out of the half uh, nine minutes later. Sam Hamilton 
He was so close to scoring against Colorado. Uh, it was really nice to see him break through and get his goal against Dallas. 64th minute, he comes through, gives us a lead that we would not relinquish. New Mexico United wins 2-1. to one, And again, we were louder than the opposition in the stands. I love it. God, I, love <laughs> I did not make this trip, but... Audible on TV, mm-hmm. I can hear. We can't hear you. Yeah, that was that was that was a little cocky, but it was a lot of fun to hear I, that. It I'm, was a lot of fun. I, I felt you I know what may or may not have started that. Chat. Oh, David! <laughs> uh, but seeing them play on SMU's fields, mm-hmm. that was kind of you know it wasn't as magical. They're, I guess they didn't sell beer. They didn't sell beer. They didn't let you bring in flagpoles. And I don't know if it's because it's a it's a private university, or it's a, a Christian university. I don't know if that's the reason that they decided not to sell the beer. Crappy AAC conference. I have no idea what the reasoning was. Um, maybe they just heard we were coming and didn't want to give us beer. Jokes they, on them. Yeah, we yeah. had beer on the bus. Ha! <laughs> in your face, Dallas. But we won. Um, and it was beautiful, and it was a lot of fun. And then after the match, um, another TGI Friday. <laughs> no, we're still at the stadium <laughs> at this point. The players all come over, um, and they chant with. With us, we're doing the Old Somos Unidos chant, and the players are chanting with us, dancing with us. It was so cool. God, it was so cool. I, I This team gives me more and more memories and more and more excitement on an almost weekly basis, and... You just it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. This run is amazing. The fact that we are in the quarterfinals. We're in the quarterfinals of the U.S. Open Cup, the oldest tournament in North America, the most prestigious tournament in North America, and a first-year team from a quote-unquote lower division who has played all of their games on the road is in the quarterfinals? What more do you want? What more do you want? You know know that. I know the answer to that. Let's beat Minnesota. Let's do that. I want LAFC. That's what I want. Bring it on. Let's not not get ahead of ourselves, (laughs) though. First, uh, uh, let's get to that Minnesota United match because uh, booking a bus... Not going to happen for 20. It's a 20 hour bus ride each way. So, so we, we worked with, uh, with the club, uh, quite a bit. Uh, the club put in a lot of hours on this. The front office is just, uh, I can't thank them enough. They are, they are amazing. Uh, but they, uh, worked their tails off, uh, and got secured some sponsorships, um, to make this happen, a big, big sponsorship uh, and a big just show of support for the community from First Financial Credit Union. Without them, this trip does not happen. They make a huge, yeah, huge, huge donation. And again, more so than just a huge donation, it's not about the dollars and cents. It's about the investment in the community. Uh, it's about them saying that they support the soccer community, they support this state, and they realize that this is something that unites people. And a donation that, that the size that they made allows the single mother who lives in Gallup or allows, you know, the the 20 something year old kid who lives in in Carlsbad who maybe would never be able to make this trip, it makes it affordable. And now we have a chartered plane. And not just like a, a little prop plane. We have a chartered airliner that is going from Albuquerque to Minneapolis for this game. And in the package that United is selling tomorrow, today by the time you're hearing this, but uh at noon on Tuesday includes your round trip airfare to and from Albuquerque to Minneapolis includes your bus transport uh, to and from the hotel uh, to uh, the airport uh, and includes your ticket to the match. All of that for $249. Like that's insane. Incredible. And that is thanks to the sponsors. It is thanks in large part to, again, the investment in the community from first financial credit union and thanks in huge part as well to the immense effort that the front office put into this. They support 
this community so much yeah. and it's insane it's it's they don't have to do that like they they we could have had everybody stay home and watch this match and it, nobody would have batted an eye it would have been great everybody would have had a great time some people would have booked their flights if they could afford it it would have been a lot of fun um, we would have gone to watch parties and we would have cheered on our team and it would have been great. But they said that it's more important to have our community there. This is a once in a lifetime experience. Uh, and I, I have nothing but love and kudos for first financial credit union in the front office of this club because they put the community first and thank you. That's the really cool thing is this isn't an investment in this is an investment in the community. It goes directly to affect the New Mexico United Nation. It's going to help us get there. It's not like they, they could have like bought a billboard with their name on it and spent a, a year buying a full billboard somewhere here in Albuquerque. But instead of doing that, they, they gave the money directly to help mm-hmm. New Mexicans. And it, it might seem like a small thing, but you're, like you mentioned, it's helping some people who wouldn't be able to get there get there. And that's what it's about. You know, it, it's not about you or I going frankly, um, you know, because we've, we've had the opportunity to go to Denver um, and, and I had the opportunity to go to Dallas and it was it was exciting. It's about the individuals, again, who, who maybe wouldn't be able to do it otherwise. And again, nothing but but love and kudos to, to the front office and the First Financial Credit Union. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, so we're, we're headed to we're, Minnesota. Yeah. We're going. We're, we're playing uh, Minnesota United. What 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 are we expecting from this game? I, I've I've heard you. We we talked off air on this. You think this is a winnable game? I do, I do. Um, and that's not intended to be any sort of slight to Minnesota United. I've act, I liken them to to New Mexico uh, in a lot of respects. They they are a a new team. They're only a couple years old. Uh, they have a brand new, beautiful stadium. By the way, we're going to be playing at Alliance Field, which is arguably the best field in North America. I cannot wait to see that stadium in person. It's it's gorgeous from what I've heard and the pictures I've seen. But uh, they're this young upstart team that has come out of the gates firing. Uh, they are a good team. The fan base is rabid in a place where nobody knew there was a fan base to be rabid. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, it sounds... It, and, I mean, they're both called United, so there's that. But, I mean, it's 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 exciting. And I'm, I'm pumped to go there for so many reasons. Obviously, first and foremost, to cheer on our guys. Uh... Two, to test our medal against an even better MLS team. We've made our way up kind of the MLS ladder. We started with Colorado Rapids, who are kind of struggling, to FC Dallas, who are a slightly better team, and now to Minnesota, who is, in my opinion, a better team than FC Dallas. Um, so it, it's it's cool to test our medal against slightly better teams every, every step of the way. Um, the Minnesota faithful uh, have been incredibly welcoming uh, on social media i had the chamber of commerce reach out to us like we didn't even ask for that they they offered you know how can we help you guys find a good hotel rate how can we help you guys find transportation how can we help you guys find good restaurants and bars and all this stuff and then just countless uh, minnesotans just random minnesotans just messaging us on twitter saying hey you guys should check out this bar you guys should check out this restaurant you guys should come out and have beers with us like this is great minnesota nice it's a real thing yeah, yeah, it's really neat. It's it's unexpected. Yeah, but as uh, far as on the pitch, so on the pitch, I was going to ask you about that because yeah. because uh, Mister Big Goal is Mister Big Yellow Card as well. Yeah. We're going to be missing Mister Big Goal for this match. Kevon Frader will be sitting out because of his yellow cards in the U.S. Open Cup play. Uh, who's going to fill in, and what what are we going to expect with that? Here's what I'm hoping. Uh, I'm hoping that Josh Suggs is back. I don't know if that will be the case. I I really do. Uh, if he's back, it makes a world of difference for us. Uh, I think we've missed him wholeheartedly, uh, especially in the league. I think we've missed, one, his defending, obviously, two, his captainship, obviously, but I think just as big as those things, 
uh, is his ability to bomb forward. And when he bombs forward on that left side, it makes all the difference in the world for Santi Moar. And we've seen a, a, a Santi hasn't been scoring much lately. He's been a bit of a scoring drought. And you and I have talked about this. Um, some of that I think is attributed to 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 Suggsy not being there because. When Suggsy bombs forward, defenders have to pay attention to him. And when Kavan is up there and Santi is up there, defenders have to pay attention to them. So pick your poison, pal. If Devin's up there, they got to pay attention to him. If Bees is on the right side, they got to pay attention to him. So specifically on that left, it's Santi and Suggs. Suggs bombs down the left side. Santi does the overlap. And suddenly he's open because they have to pay attention to Suggsy. They'll double Suggsy because he'll rip a shot if you leave him alone. Um, and they know that. I mean, he's 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 a known factor in the USL. They know what they're getting from him. And they know it's talent and it's form. And, and he's a good player. So I think him coming back could make all the difference in the world for Santi Moar. And with Kevon out, I think Santi needs to step up. We'll need him. We'll need him badly. So here's hoping Suggsy is, is healthy for that match. Yeah, and uh, we, we've watched several matches, including the Colorado Rapids match, where Santi gets the ball and there's immediately four defenders around him. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's obviously become the game plan. I mean, he started off the season with, what was it, nine goals in like nine games or something yeah. like that. And everybody decided, well, we should probably double him. And that's when Kevon started scoring goals because suddenly Kevon was open. You're going to double Santi, Kevon will be open. Um, but again, with with Suggsy going out, I think it takes away a bit of a bit of what Santi can do. So hopefully he's back soon. And I think, again, I think that would make all the difference in the world for Santi. I would love to see Suggsy back for that reason. All right. League play is a different story. It seems like New Mexico United has sacrificed league play in order to have what they need going into the Open Cup. I don't know that that's a conscious decision, but I think you're right. Uh, I think if you ask Troy, he would say that's not the case. Uh, I think if you asked Troy, he'd say the next game is the most important game. Um, and is that a little bit of coach speak? Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's the case. Uh, but I do think that Troy values one game at a time. But how can you not, man? I mean, I know you and I disagree a little bit on this, but it's it's the magic of the cup is real for a first year team. And and, and we're going to talk a little bit about this uh, with our with our guest, Tyler Terrens. But it's it's the cup and it's a first year team and we're not supposed to be here. We're not supposed to be in the quarterfinals of the U.S. Open no. Cup in our first year. We're not. Well, oh, check this out, though. Uh, New Mexico United has beat Phoenix, who... The best I team mean, in the Western they Conference right would now. probably be in the uh, quarterfinals with us right now. Yeah. I guarantee they would be in the quarterfinals if they didn't have to face uh, New Mexico United. They're the best team in the Western Conference. Then Full Colorado style. Rapids, yep. FC Dallas. I mean, United has played one hell of a schedule, so... You know, I do see where the tired legs, especially because they keep playing 120. They don't they don't know how to just get it over with in in regulation. They well, go on, extra time. On top of that, think about it. think about some of those games too. Las Vegas, you and I were there. It was freaking hot. That sucked. It was so hot. Once we were like, God, you know what? All I need is a breeze. And once that breeze kicked up, it was just like an oven blowing. Yeah, it, it was it, a lot worse. It felt like a convection oven. Yeah. And then and then when I was in Dallas, it was just as hot there. But added an extra forty percent humidity. Oh. It was it was horrendous. And you guys looked soaked the entire time. Oh, we were we were soaked head to toe, and people were bringing us waters because they're wonderful people and nice people. And uh, but yeah, it was it was those are not fun conditions to play in. <laughs> I would imagine it's, it's not fun conditions to stand and cheer in. I can't imagine playing for ninety. So so. Yeah, I, I think tired legs are entirely reasonable. Ideal, no, obviously. We want to win every match forever, uh, but that's not that's not going to happen. We're going to lose matches. We're a first-year team. Uh, we're a team that's 
exceeded expectations thus far, and hopefully we continue to do so. I'm not saying become complacent and be okay with losses. Absolutely not. And, and that would not be acceptable on any front. But uh, at the same time, as fans, we need to recognize these guys are playing a hell of a lot of minutes. And three of those Open Cup matches go 120, which essentially is an extra 90 minutes. Yeah, so extra game right there. Exactly. So you understand. So then... You don't, uh, I don't know how to phrase this, I guess. It seems like these guys play these Open Cup games with that huge chip on their shoulder that they started the season with. I think it's... And it seems like it may go away in league play a little bit. Am, am I right in saying that? Or am I just seeing things because I'm watching the tired legs and watching us lose to Vegas and tie Los Dos, two teams that we should have dominated. Lose to Sacramento 3-0. And at home. Yeah. Uh, and at home loss. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. Is that. the chip smaller in league play <laughs> so than is, it is? Are you saying like is there less motivation for league play than the cup? I mean, it's hard not to see that because sure. you're kicking ass in the MLS. Mm-hmm. I mean, right now you'd be one of the top teams in the MLS with points. Right, 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 right. Well, I don't know that it's necessarily less motivation. I would say more realistic. I think is more of a spark. The, the magic of the cup is real, RJ. As as much as you want to deny it, <laughs> it's real. It's real. It's, it's, I, I keep going back and forth. I feel like a politician on this flip flop. You're waffling. You're waffling. You're the you're the was it the, the John Kerry of this debate. I am. But no, it's it's the. Think about it. Think about it. All right. Think about it from the perspective the perspective of of Devin Sandoval, of Josh Suggs, of Justin Schmidt. These guys are are from New Mexico. New Mexico has never had a team at this level of professionalism. They grew up without that. They were the Chili's and the Geckos were there. I mean, the Chili's rather were there when they were when they were younger. Um, but this has never existed in New Mexico in their state that they grew up in. They came back to play for this team because it was their state's team, because they could come home, because they could represent their state on a national level. In your how can you not want to just completely kick ass in the biggest tournament in North America? This is the tournament where, you know, when we play when we play in the USL, it's great. You know, we, we beat L.A. and L.A. knows or we beat El Paso and El Paso knows or we beat Portland and Portland knows or whatever it might be. But when you beat Dallas, FC Dallas in the U.S. Open Cup, the nation knows and the nation knows it's New Mexico. It's their state. It's our state. How can you not have that little bit of extra energy? How can you not have that little bit of extra oomph, that extra spark? It's your state. It's what you've wanted for your whole life. It's what you're fighting for. This is the opportunity to put your state on the map, literally. Well, not literally. It's already on the map, literally, but figuratively. Put your team on the map on the biggest stage possible. You are beating the top league twice now, thrice coming soon. I, I, if I'm in their position, I'm. I it's it's exactly the same for me. I don't blame them one bit. Bring it on. I I, I see that, and that's why I became a fan of United. It's my team. This is my state. Right. This is finally something that I could cherish. Not not just a, a farm team for a major league team, but this is our pro team. So yep. I know where you're coming from. Yep. I just hate losing. <laughs> I do too. Nobody. Well, here's the thing that I, I, I think guarantee maybe, you, nobody hates losing maybe in, it's in the league looking more than Detroit. In the standings and seeing Phoenix run away and seeing El Paso above us. Yeah, I hate that. Sure, I hate that. I do too. Absolutely. But, I mean, I mean, we are a better team than them. Yes, I agree. And we have proven to be a better team than Phoenix. Yeah, but 
uh, it, I am so on both sides of this that I hate <laughs> it. I am so torn. Uh, all right, David. Uh, we have a special guest coming up. Uh, Woohoo! I'm very excited for this. Tyler Terrence, you've uh, you've heard him calling a lot of New Mexico hold on, hold on, games. Hold on, hold on. <clears throat> it's a one-man wrecking crew from Ordes, Spain. How about that? That sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like All right, that. hold on, hold on, hold on. Ready? <clears throat> it's Freighter! How about that one? Sound, is that good? I've heard that so many times that yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So that's my, Tyler my, my favorite is and who else, Mister Big Goal? <laughs> and the microphones are overmodulated because the New Mexico United fans are so damn loud. Yeah, yeah. So that's who we're that bringing guy, on. That guy. No, no pressure, Tyler. We've just uh, we've just kind of set it up for you. Uh, but we'll have him on after the break. Yeah, let's get to uh, let's get to that break. Let's get to Tyler. You're listening to the Curse Cast. Mexico United Soccer. More than a team, this is a family. We wanted so badly, so desperately to do this for Justin and his family and to honor his dad, and we honored him in the best way possible. You better be the one to We had to Because we can blow your mind. What a win with the goalie. We had, and it's 3 now. We can blow your mind. New Mexico United Soccer on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. We can blow your mind. Laboring just a little bit. Sandoval lays it off for Freighter. Still Freighter. Come on, Freighter! The Mexico United equalize! And guess who? Mr. Bingo! Freighter! 2-2! Welcome back into the CurseCast. RJ Montano here with David Carl, and we are excited to bring this special guest on. Tyler Terrence joins us. He's our special guest this week. You can hear Tyler calling games on ESPN Plus for the USL, and you can also hear him calling a lot of the New Mexico United games, uh, especially during this run in the uh, Lamar Hunt US Open Cup. You can also catch him on his weekly podcast, Three Honest Lads with Devin Kerr and Sam Stockley. Let's start with that. That's a lot of fun, by the way. So first of all, welcome in, Tyler. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. And uh, and so I've listened to Three Honest Lads. We've had a good time with it. Um, you know, I think there's uh, coming into the year there was uh, some hesitance uh, when we heard some from some people uh, when we heard that there was going to be a league run podcast, and that turned into steal some time by the USL, and that turned out to be a lot of fun. Um, and then we get you guys kind of doing your own independent thing, the three of you, um, and that's been an absolute blast. What's what's that been like for you guys? I mean, I know you obviously do the do you know the announcing all the time, but it's a, it seems to be a much more relaxed and kind of uh, a fun atmosphere for you guys. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's been a it's been a change of pace for sure, and I think that um, Devin and I specifically, you know, when we first sort of came up with the idea, and obviously Sam was a part of the initial talks as well, but we just thought that it would sort of be a, a really good outlet for us to sort of have a bit more of a laid back conversation and and be opinionated. You know, Devin gets paid to be opinionated. I, on the other hand, am just sort of supposed to call the action and bite my tongue whenever I do want to share my opinion, and still, even sometimes that doesn't work. But um, you know, just from having called so many games and and being able to see both the East and the West. And, and we've talked to coaches and players who, you know, have a tough time keeping up with the opposite um, conference that they, that they might be coaching or playing in. And we get the privilege of, of seeing both sides. And we just thought that, um, you know, it might be a good idea for us to sort of just, you know, talk about the USL championship for an hour. And um, it seems to be received pretty well so far. We're still, uh, we're still trying to grow and still trying to, 
you know, hit hit some more earbuds. But um, no, it's it, it's been great. It's been a lot of fun, and you know, like you like you guys said, you know, we we do call the games, but this is just like a very different outlet for us and it seems to be going well so far and we're having a lot of fun with it there are there are five usl podcasts that i listen to every time they come out i have to listen to them and yours is one of the five so thanks very much i appreciate it <laughs> well i apologize you can send any medical bills for uh <laughs> ear for uh, eardrum replacements are we that's really cool is is you usually think of a play-by-play guy as kind of a stuffy dude and, and getting to know you through the podcast has been a lot of fun too so uh but but with, with that, you you have had a lot of opinions on the podcast, and I want to get to one real quick. Uh, and I think this is a heavy hitter one. You have mentioned um, officiating USL officiating, oh boy, several times on the most recent episodes. It's because it sucks. It is terrible. It is terrible. And actually, I think uh, I'm quoting you. I think you've called it fucking atrocious, and I could not agree more. I mean. It's it's a perfect. Uh, I don't know. That's perfect. It describes it perfectly. Well, so, and I think I think to to bounce off what you're saying, RJ. You know, here in New Mexico, you know, we've got a lot of soccer fans, but many of us are new to the USL. Obviously, an inaugural season for our team. I've watched soccer my entire life, and I don't think I've ever seen officiating so consistently bad um, as I've seen in this league. I, I, I we'd love to get your take on it. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things where it's sort of consistently inconsistent and. You know, I, I I have been getting very opinionated about that because, again, just like I would be held accountable um, if I were to, you know, constantly mispronounce somebody's name or constantly, you know, misidentify goal scores, I would be held accountable. You know, my executive producer and, and the powers that be at the league and everything like that, they would hold me accountable. They would say, you're not able to do this game, don't get to do the New Mexico game or whatever it might be. I would be held accountable. The players are held accountable for their actions on the field. The coaches are held accountable for their actions. So... I just I just have a hard time grasping the, the grasping the concept of how somebody like a Kevin Broadley, who you know, listen, these guys are human beings. I understand that and they're professionals and, and they have lives and um, you know this is one way that they that they earn money. And but for me, for him to have the the abominable game that he had against oh god, what was it now Pittsburgh and no, excuse me, it was Louisville and Bethlehem, John Hackworth and Brendan Burke, two old friends. And it was like, you know, Devin and I basically described it as, you know, everybody's sort of ganging up on the substitute teacher that nobody, even the cliques who, who aren't friends and the kids who aren't friends, they have one reason to band together, and it's the substitute teacher, or in this case, it's Kevin Broadley. The enemy and of my enemy. It was, it, it's just become a little outrageous because Paris are getting assigned games after the fact. If you're one of the supervisors and you see one of your guys putting on that sort of display and negatively impacting the game, and being a robot when it comes to the rule book, and because we see what's what's happening with that, I mean it's it, it's been it's been atrocious. And you know there was um, one of the coaches that we've had the pleasure of listening to through crowd mics in the Eastern Conference. He will remain nameless. He's called some refereeing crews wet, unmitigated disasters. And I think that that even <laughs> it's that, it, it it is it. They're just they they make it up as they go along. They're inconsistent when it comes to foul calling and physical play. And there's just some blatantly missed calls, and I just think that people should be held accountable. And there was a, there was a league exec who is all the way up the USL ladder, and there's a great article on him, on him also having opinions on, on the referees. And listen, I think it was one of the guys from the USL show made a good point that the speed of the game is intensifying in second division in the United States basically tenfold every single season. It's just getting better and better. I mean, look at you guys, just an expansion team coming in to the scene and already contending for a regular season title. I mean, how are the referees supposed to keep up with that? Maybe they can't. 
and maybe there needs to be a new wave of referees. There are some MLS referees that need to call some USL championship games, whatever it might be. There has to be some sort of accountability for these refs who are just consistently getting things wrong. And, and to be quite honest, they're ruining it for the viewers. So uh, I guess we, we let's hit on all the all the heavy topics right off the bat. Is the is the the cure for that promotion and relegation within soccer in the United States? I mean, a lot of people, myself included, have called for that since day one. Uh, but I mean, you can have referees who are also promoted and relegated, and and potentially have have referees who are where they should be and calling the games the way they should be called. Do you think that is is the cure there? Um, I don't know if it's as simple as sort of you know promoting and relegating referees. You know, there there was a great. Um, sort of like mic'd up of um, one of the A-League referees in Australia. And he was heading over. He actually got promoted to go golf championship games in England. And they mic'd him up and his entire crew for his final game. And the amount of respect that this referee had, I forget his name. I wish I, wish I remembered a few guys. But the amount of respect that he had from everybody on the field calling players by their first names and literally just having conversations with the players on the field as the game was going along, say, you know, careful heading into that challenge, careful heading into that challenge, you know, Somebody's standing in front of a kick, and he's saying that's a stupid way to get a yellow card. He gives them one opportunity to back up, and if he doesn't, then he shows them a card. You know, just, you know, the game and try and taking them for what it is. And it's very clear with some of the referees who understands the game and who does not, because you, there's, there's referees who have a feel for the game, and there, and there are those who don't, and they just sort of stick out like Thor Sums. I don't know if it's promotion or relegation. I do think you should reward the good referees, and we do have some of them in USL Championship, without a doubt. And, and they're familiar names that are on the big games. And if there are MLS referees who maybe you know can't keep up with the speed of play at that level, send them down to the USL Championship. That's not a bad thought. I don't know if it's 100 percent the cure. I think it's sort of um, it's one small instance on the greater scale of American soccer in, in the sense that it needs to become a culture. You know, there need to be some people who you know from the age of 10, 11 realize that they might not be able to have the physical skills to become a professional player or a coach or whatever it might be, and they say, "I want to be a referee." But that doesn't really happen in this country all that much because soccer is still you know, third, fourth, fifth down the list, whatever you want to call it, in, in the sense of sports that are taken upon, um, you know, by kids, not at the recreation level, but, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, and beyond. So I think it's, you know, as soccer becomes more and more popular in this country, I also think that the refereeing will become better as well. Yeah, here's hoping. And you mentioned earlier, very briefly, uh, you know, you wouldn't be able to mispronounce somebody's name over and over again. We've seen a lot of people mispronouncing Troy Lesane's name. We get Lesesny all the time. So thank you for getting Lesane right. You're one of the few <laughs> who gets that all the time. Uh, but kind of jumping into that, I'd love to get your perspective on on what we've seen from New Mexico so far. Obviously, a dip in form in the league lately. Um, the opposite of that, obviously, in the U.S. Open Cup. What's been your impression of the club in their inaugural year? And and I'm particularly interested one in and again your your opinion as as a commentator, somebody who calls their games, but also as somebody who spends a lot of time with Phoenix, um, you know, a, a rival team in the Western Conference. I'd love to hear your opinion on what you've seen so far. So, uh, I mean, obviously, the, the way that you guys have sort of captured the, you know, the ABQ and the, and the entire New Mexico area has been second to none. I mean, the, the story of, the story of um, you know, Troy and, and Peter having a conversation initially of what they were expecting for fans each and every game and Peter coming out and, and basically telling Troy when Troy said to him, you know, if we get seven or 8,000 fans a game, we're doing something really, really well. And, and Peter just sort of had this attitude of that's not good enough because Peter, A, obviously invested in his team because he knows that how successful it can be, and B, you know, just has bigger aspirations than seven or 8,000 because 
that that's what the beautiful game deserves, and you guys have done such an excellent job with that. But as far as the tactical stuff is concerned and everything like that, I mean, that's where you guys are really interesting because you, you fit into the Western Conference beautifully just in terms of the attacking-minded play and everything like that. And, you know, the, the movement and, and the players that you picked up in the offseason. I mean, Devin and I, you know, as I'm sure you guys can tell from our broadcast, we spend way too much time together, but we're also very good friends off air as well. And we spend an enormous amount of time. And most of the time when we were talking during the offseason from about December until February, it, it was every single player that you guys picked up. It was, oh, you can you can believe that New Mexico picked up Justin Schmidt? I really like him. Suggs at the outside back position. I mean, every single piece that you guys put together – it, it intrigued us, but we were always skeptical of whether or not it was going to gel because there are some spots where it doesn't, and there are some teams where it does. And and you guys, you know, really seem to be clicking. And Troy, you know, Troy is is a guy who just flat out flat out gets it. He he's a he's a character guy. He wants good guys in his locker room first, and all the soccer stuff is going to come afterwards. And obviously, let's let's make no mistake about it. You guys have some pretty terrific soccer players as well: Santi Moore, Kevon Frader, Devin Sandoval. You guys have very very skilled footballers, but. Um, you know, the, the way that you guys play is, you know, and Troy's sort of fearless attitude in terms of going after games no matter what. You know, you rarely see you guys draw a game, or at least, you know, before the last few weeks when you guys are, you know, trying to deal with Open Cup as well. But, um, you know, you guys are doing an unbelievable job. And, and, and in comparison to Phoenix, I, I don't even want to compare you guys, not only because it might get me a little bit of hot water with Phoenix, but <laughs> just in the sense that you guys, are, you guys are so different. You know, Phoenix obviously is on this ridiculous run of seven wins in a row, and and when they attack, you know, they really, really, really go. And, you know, there are times, you know, there are similarities in, in the sense that there are times where Phoenix can float out of a game and they've been hurt, you know, by you guys earlier in the season that, ha- that you haven't seen that from them in the seven-game win streak. Um, and, and I've seen that from you guys as well. You know, you think about the Portland Timbers two game, you sort of just floated out of it after you went up 2-0, and that was sort of the, the one negative thing that everybody, including Devin and myself, had to say about New Mexico United was that protecting the lead was a bit of an issue. But... You know, that was mostly because I think that you weren't as deep as you are now. Um, and, and Troy's options, I think, were limited. But now that you have the likes of Daniel Bruce, who's just an absolute bulldog, I love him. And I know that he has some visa issues. But, you know, just from, from an overall standpoint, I know this is sort of a roundabout answer, but you guys have just done uh, an incredible job. The, the fan base, and we were happy to, you know, sponsor that, you know, little 60 bucks that we threw the way as a couple fans because you guys traveling to go to FC Dallas and, you know, even the, even the, the group that you brought to the Colorado game, that just made, that made it so incredible for, for, you know, Kevon Freider after scoring that equalizer to be able to run over to a group of you. And, you know, that made it just light years ahead of the goal of if there was only, you know, 10 of you and, and Peter in the crowd. It, it just, it's really been incredible to watch. Well, we wanted to bring that up too, and 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 thank you guys so much for those of you listeners who who were unaware. Three Honest Lads podcast uh, sponsored two of our individuals to get on that bus, uh, so they got on completely for free um, out of the kindness of their own hearts. We didn't ask them for it. We didn't even bring it up to them. They came to us. Um, well, they actually just tweeted it out and said, we're going to sponsor two people to get on the bus uh, because we think it's important. So thank you guys for doing that. We yeah, really that appreciate really it. Really cool. Really cool. Absolutely. My so, pleasure. Speaking of Phoenix, Phoenix is on this terror right now and it doesn't, they don't look like they're going to be stoppable. Can what, what's going on in Phoenix and, and can someone stop them going forward? Because they look like, I mean, they're scoring three plus goals a game and they don't look like they're going to slow down and they're missing some guys too with the international play. Yeah, no, they, I, I think that's the scariest part, and I think you hit the nail on the head, is that they're missing arguably probably the best number six in, in the Western Conference at the very least. I might catch some flack for that, but I, I do truly believe that Kevon Lambert does some things that, that very, very few people, if any, can do um, in the USL Championship. And, 
as well as Junior Flemings, who was, you know, red hot when he was leaving for national camp to join up with the reggae boys. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, this is a style of play that Rick Johnson and the entire organization was trying to implement. And that's, and that's also why Rick was, you know, one of the many reasons why Rick was able to keep his job, not only because he brought them to a USL Cup final after taking over, but because he has ideas, you know, he has aspirations. He, he has a, he has a plan that, is going to run through the entire Phoenix organization. And, and what you're seeing now is, is all of that starting to pay off. And it wasn't at the beginning of the season. They draw, they drew an, an incredible amount of games. They were giving up late goals. They couldn't stop anybody from scoring. And they were just looking for the right recipe. Now, a lot of people are saying that it's going to have something to do with LAFC players sort of taking a backseat to the players of Phoenix who are there week in and week out. They were flying guys in from L.A. I'm not 100% sure one way or the other whether or not that was the deciding factor in the turnaround. But it's sort of hard to ignore it if, as you know, as soon as the Orange County game was done, we haven't really seen anything from any LAFC players. But at the moment, you know, everybody's going to have a difficult time keeping up with it because Solomon Asante has been able to find his form. Um, you know, his, his ability to, to beat defenders off a dribble 1v1, I'm sure you guys see it. it it's second to none in the USL. I, I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. The fact that he was not picked up by an MLS side um, it, during the offseason, the fact that Phoenix were able to keep him is, is beyond me. I will never, never understand that because I could list probably half of the MLS right now that Solomon Asante is, 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 is without a doubt in my mind, a better player than. I wish, and, I wish he'd you know, been right, picked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so right now, no, I don't think anybody's going to be able to stop them. Um, they're they're just on this ridiculous run. They like to keep the ball. They they make the field incredibly big. They force the opposition to get stretched. And the biggest thing for them was a not be not giving up cheap goals because they are going to play out of the back and they want to get it right. So they're they're going to be okay living with mistakes out of the back, and that's been the biggest thing. Um, and you saw a lot of those mistakes being made at the beginning of the season. They're sharpening things up. They're not giving up any goals, and now they're scoring both of goals because they're starting to really, really, really connect in the final third. And you see these balls being whipped in from Dia, finished off by Asante. You see long-range passes, you know, that you know, touch the sky, come back down, and then Adam Johns taking them on the first time. I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch for them. And um, it, it's, it's been a long time coming, it has. And, you know, they're, they're very, very difficult to stop right now. However, we did see them hit a little bit of a rough patch last year. And, you know, it, um, sort of, it sort of fell apart for a couple of games after they went on this hashtag no goals June. However, I don't know if I see that this year because they are a little bit deeper and they're a little bit more experienced, but, but they've been a joy to watch as of late. Where you, did you hit the panic button when they drew their first four matches of the year? You know what? It, 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 I didn't. And I, because I just, we have a conversation with Rick Weekly and, you know, just talking to him, he was never panicked. So I would, so, so, you know, Devin and I were never really worried saying, is this, is this going to work? It, it was just a matter of trying to figure out what the group was going to look like moving forward, you know, whether or not the LAFC people were going to be a part of it. And, you know, while a lot of fans were, were tweeting at us and, and they were hitting the panic button, we, Devin and I were sort of trying to act as a little bit of a buffer saying, Yes, it's okay to hold your team to a high standard, but this is a totally new system that they're trying to implement, and it's one that if they do get it right, that they're going to look they're going to look incredible, and that's what you're starting to see now. Has there been a team um, in the USL Eastern or Western Conference that surprised you either either good or bad? For me, it's it's Orange County. Uh, you know, after the the fantastic regular season they had last year, really to come out of the gate just flat and pretty much stay flat for most of the season thus far, that's been the biggest surprise for me. Is is there a team that's jumped out at you? Um, I think Orange County is a good one. I think that's definitely spot on. Um, however, I will say this, they've been bit by the injury bug and then some. I mean, Christian Duke had one of the strangest injuries 
that you'll ever see. He basically slipped on the field and landed, and I think ended up tearing his pectoral muscle or some bizarre muscle that you would never think that you would tear just by falling down. So he's missed a large chunk of the season. I'm not exactly sure when he's going to be back, but he does so many things for them in the middle of the field. Aiden Quinn's been hurt. Michael Seaton's been hurt throughout points of the season. Um, Kevin Alston has been up and down, and he's you know usually supposed to be a sure-fired outside back. And uh, we, we saw a nightmare of a game from him. It was actually against you guys, against against New Mexico United, mm-hmm. where he just looked miserable. So, but he's but he's obviously been playing some good football as of late. However. You know that that's definitely a good shout. Orange County. I think San Antonio has been disappointing, but again, they're they're another team that um, falls under the umbrella of, of being cursed by injuries right now. Part of the fun, but um, you know they're just somebody who they signed a boatload of talent in the off season. They keep Lance Lang. They get Zach Barnby. They have Sonny Guadarrama. They have a bunch of young kids: Gallegos, Christian Pirano. They have this great academy that's doing well. And for them to be where they're sitting right now is 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 a little disappointing, um, especially given how good of a coach Darren Powell is and the history of San Antonio. But um, that's that's to the Western Conference in terms of really surprising. Um, over in the East, again, Nashville's inability to, to close out games and to really get things done. I mean, there are times when you see all these ideas coming out, but then there are other times where it's where it's really unconvincing and they simply can't they can't find ways and they're drawing teams that they shouldn't be drawing. Um, I mean, Ottawa is not a bad side over in the Eastern Conference, but they just draw with, they just drew with them three three. And Gary Smith is supposed to be this you know, wild defensive mastermind. Um, however, Nashville's still obviously very relevant as far as the playoff picture is concerned. Um, other than that, there haven't really been a lot of surprises in the Eastern Conference. I'm, I'm just also disappointed with the way that Hartford started the season mm-hmm. um, because Jim, we know Jimmy Nielsen really well, and he's a terrific coach and, and did wonders with OKC Energy FC in 2017 getting to a conference final. But nobody really surprising the Eastern Conference one way or the other. Um, you know, Indy 11's been steady. Louisville, of course, has been Louisville. North Carolina's been fun to watch under Dave Sarakin. So uh, a bit steadier in the East, I would say. So uh, speaking of the panic button, I know it's not time to hit the panic button here, but should United fans, New Mexico United fans, be concerned because New Mexico United is kind of drawn to, lost to, and uh, two losses are to uh, kind of lower teams in the, in the standings, at least, but teams that shouldn't have, uh, sh- you know, should have been easy wins. Uh, should we be concerned right now? I'm going to turn it around. What do you guys think? I know my answer. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say no. Um, And for the same reason that I don't think uh, St. Louis should be concerned. Uh, You know, there's something to be said for U.S. Open Cup success, especially for us in the inaugural year of the team. That gets people hooked. It gets people interested. Um, You know, we've got an opportunity. Minnesota is a vulnerable MLS team. We have an opportunity to go to the semifinals of the goddamn U.S. Open Cup in our inaugural year, playing all the (laughs) matches on the road. Sign me up any day of the week. It's a long season. There's a long way to go. We're not even halfway through it yet. Uh, I I am not hitting the panic button. Do I like that we lost 5-1 in Vegas? Hell no. I was there. It was hot. It sucked. Uh, but <laughs> it's it's not the end of the world, in my opinion. Um, and you're trading off some success. There's some tired legs. We've had two matches in a row, two matches in three straight weeks. So six matches in three weeks. It's, you're going to have tired players. It's, it's bound to happen. I think I'm split because I like that we're beating MLS teams, but we're beating kind of exhibition MLS teams and we're losing it's not points an in league. It's, it's not, not an exhibition. exhibition. It's, it's not it's, exhibition. It's the but. oldest competition in North America. <laughs> But we are losing leagues, league points, and I don't like. But we're going to win the whole that. cup, and it helps. Wow! Look at look at you guys go back and forth. This is interesting. <laughs> Let's dig a little bit deeper into this. Are you not a fan of the U.S. Open Cup? Who is that, RJ or David? That's RJ. I well, I was not. I was not. I hated the U.S. Open Cup. We won the first game against Phoenix. I became a big fan of it. We had to convince him. Losing what are you, a bunch a of. You don't like, you don't like the US Open Cup. That's What's right. Losing league <laughs> games, though. That that I mean, that's uh, I'm a. 
I don't know. I just don't like losing league games, mm-hmm. but it helps that we have 11 of 15 at home to end the season. So right. I think that's something well, okay, to look forward so, to. So, so how about this? How about I call up Dr. Emmett Brown? We'll get in a DeLorean. <laughs> you can switch places with Phoenix. Okay, you have no magical moment in Colorado. Yep. Don't beat FC Dallas. Yep. And you guys are currently sitting maybe three points ahead in first place. Do you want to do? Do you want to make that switch right now? I wouldn't trade it for the goddamn world. I the moment that go. we the moment we had in Denver was one of the greatest. I I told you before. I've been watching soccer my entire life. It was likely the greatest soccer moment I've ever experienced. For that that win, the way we won it in penalties. In an MLS stadium, a beautiful one, I might add, we were louder than the opposition. It was, it was, everything was perfect. We could, it could not have been a better night of soccer for this club, for the state, for the fans, for the players, for the staff. I cried after the match. I'm not ashamed to say it. I cried when we won that game. I wouldn't <laughs> trade it for anything. That's where I am. I love that. It. Yes. All right, love that. So that's, right. that's the attitude that you should have. That's the attitude <laughs> you should have. Right. And, we'll get and you I there, will say this, nobody, nobody needs to be panicked in New Mexico. This is an unbelievable thing that you guys are that, are, that you guys are pulling off right now. Enjoy every single second of it. There are very few teams who get to experience it. Very few fans who get to experience it in their lifetime. Cherish this opportunity to be playing against the country's best, to be on this sort of stage, to travel on the road every single game and just be this road warrior mentality team, but also know that there, it's going to come with repercussions. However, you know, knowing Troy and knowing, and knowing the group of guys that, that you guys have, I, I do think that you'll be okay as far as the league concern is. Don't, don't be surprised that even after, if you guys bow out against Minnesota or whatever it might be, if there's also still a little bit of a hangover, because that's also good, that, that is going to happen at some point uh, in addition to what's going on right now. But I think that you guys will be just fine. Well, the the key to that is we'll never bow out. We'll just win the whole damn thing. <laughs> there you go. CONCACAF Champions League, here you come. That's right. Bring on Mexican teams. <laughs> I love it. All right. Speaking of Minnesota, we got Minnesota coming up on the next U.S. Open Cup. We are going to be without Kavon Frater for that match. So how big of a loss is that for United? It's big. It's really big. And and I will say this, Kavon didn't necessarily have his best game against FC Dallas. I think that everybody can, can agree with that, but he still found a way to score the equalizing goal, and he found ways to be to be dangerous down, down the stretch, and not dangerous in the sense of threatening to get an insurance goal, but just holding up play, you know, breaking lines of defense, and just being a good option coming back to the ball. And, you, you know, you see it when, when Kavon is playing well, or if Kavon is scoring goals, his swagger his confidence is beyond contagious it's an epidemic when he starts to get going um and and i think that just having his presence on the field it's going to be sorely missed there's there's no doubt about that however um you know troy is going to be prepared for the situation and you know i think that devin is going to step up in a big way and listen like you guys said minnesota's a vulnerable team and i and i said it to devin i said as soon as the draw came out and you know you guys were going to play colorado I said to Devin, I was like, if they get past Colorado and they get FC Dallas, like I could easily see them getting into the quarterfinals. And, and who knows once you get to that point, because you already have the confidence of beating two MLS teams. Um, but, you know, Kavan going down is, is big. There's no, there's no getting around that. And, you know, it's just something that the boys are going to have to figure out on the fly and, and, you know, hope for the best. And now I wanted to ask you, as a USL guy, um, You've obviously you've been calling some of these Open Cup matches. You've called uh, several of our U.S. Open Cup matches. When you get the opportunity, because I, if, if I remember correctly, I think I remember you saying on Three Honest Lads that you guys kind of get your, your your pick of the litter when it comes to that. What goes into to making the decision of, I mean, you've got the last two New Mexico United games. Is that something where you just kind of circle it on the calendar like this is this is a great matchup? This is something I want? Is it the fact that it's it's one of the two, obviously one of the two remaining USL matches? How does How does that work for you? 
Um, so, you know, it's not really up to, it's not really up to us per se. I mean, you know, some, there's times when, you know, our executive producer will just give us a shout and basically just say, you know, what do you like in this round? And it's not a guarantee. I can't basically just say I want this, this, and this game. Um, but, you know, when we're assigned the games, and again, you know, it's a, it, it's a combination of, you know, just the World Link, the company that we work for, where we do all the games off-site, MLS, U.S. Soccer. You know, there aren't too many cooks in the kitchen, but there, but there are a couple, and it's just trying to figure out what, where the best pairing is. You know, Matt Fredos is going to be calling LAFC games when he's in the building or, you know, whatever it might be. And, you know, Mike Watts doing Louisville games when they were still alive. Um, and for me, you know, like I've, I've had some good moments with New Mexico United this season, and, you know, they were one of the few USL championship teams alive, and I got them in the, in the, in the game against Colorado. And once we got to the Dallas round and, and the round of 16, it was just sort of like, well, Tyler's already had them. Um, against Phoenix, he's up against Colorado. Let's just put him on again with Devin because they do 120 some odd games together every year anyway. So <laughs> it's not something that you know, it's not something that's really deliberated all that much. It just sort of seemed to make sense. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, listen, as soon as we get those games, though, Devin and I are, are, are buzzing about it. We really look forward to our conversations with Troy because we just feel like we learn a little bit more about the guys and about the game every single time we have we have the chance to talk to Troy, who again is. You know, we can't sing enough praises about just thinking he's a terrific coach and hearing everything that he's getting right now with you guys. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's out of my control, but when I'm, when I'm assigned to a game, especially like the ones that I've been assigned to recently, it, it, it makes it that much more important. Sure. I think everyone's picked up on uh, Mr. Big Goal, too. He's, he's, <laughs> we got that was one of our chants the other night. We used that one. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess I'm going to have to start charging you guys for royalties every time you break that out. So we had a couple listener questions for you. We had one from Alex Mansfield, and he asked, how hard is it doing your research and prep for games at the USL level? And any first-tier matchup players are bound to have Wikipedia pages, quasi-extensive histories, etc. What's your go-to for educating yourself on the players? And I think it's a solid question because uh, just from talking to you and, and from listening to you call the matches, you're, I mean, your knowledge base seems to be pretty damn wide. How, how, do, you, how do you get prepared? Um, so it's interesting, you know, as, as it might seem that the USL teams don't necessarily have as, you know, deep of an encyclopedia, we'll call it, on the interweb. Um, it, there's still a decent amount of information. I mean, it's not like these guys are playing in the, in, in the MPSL. These guys are professional soccer players, and the Internet sort of picks up on that, and, and news outlets pick up on that. And as far as educating myself, I, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say it. I do use Wikipedia. Um, I do fact-check when I do Wikipedia, so, like, if there's a – weird story or if it says that you know santi mar is the third cousin of david via like i'm going i'm going to dig deeper on that i'm not just going to take wikipedia's word for that um but yeah i mean wikipedia is a big one as far as statistics are concerned soccer way is always a is always a no fail um you know that that's extremely helpful transfer market um you know and just and just poking around you know just going deep into the internet and seeing if there is a you know, high school article on Justin Schmidt from back in the day in, in Albuquerque and, you know, whatever, or in Wyoming, whatever it might be. And, you know, just picking up on little stories here and there. And then also just, you know, recognizing the, the, the pattern, right? Whether or not they were drafted, if they were taken in the super draft or the supplemental draft, and then being able to sort of connect the pieces and say, okay, he got his shot with this MLS team. He got cut. He didn't get renewed. He ends up going to a USL championship. He gets a lot of playing time, scores some goals. Now he gets a big contract with, with an independent team, whatever it might be. And just sort of, connecting the dots on these players' backgrounds. But, no, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun because there are you know, so many different you know, guys from different countries and different parts of the United States who have really interesting stories to tell. And, and I'd love to just simply sit back and call the game. But, um, you know, I do my prep work because in case there is, you know, a big moment for Kavon Freider or whoever it might be and we get a good tight shot of them, it's, it's fun for the viewer at home who might just be a casual fan to have some sort of human interest piece that they can 
relate to on a personal level besides just the 90 minutes. Um, I end up using probably about a 16th of that information that I have just because the game is usually very exciting, especially with New Mexico United. But, um, no, it's, it, it's not as challenging as you would think. I mean, yes, I do have more information if I'm doing a U.S. men's national team game or, or, or you know, Mexico national team game or MLS or Champions League, whatever it might be. But there's still plenty of information to be had on these guys. Sure, sure. So when you saw that we were booking a damn plane, what was your uh, what was your thought on that? Um, I turned to Devin and I looked at him and I said, "This is pretty effing cool." Um, and, and and somebody and somebody had reached out to us. I, don't, I forget if it was you guys or, or whatever, but I've had twelve games this week, and my brain is more or less mush at this point. But somebody said, "Like, would you guys consider sponsoring this flight?" Oh, I saw <laughs> I saw someone that was not us, but I saw someone. And I was like, oh, "I'm not going to respond to that. That's unfair." Um, I was like, I, I said, "Listen, as much as much as we love calling games, and you know, you might think we're rolling it, you know, sponsoring a couple of bus rides to, to Dallas, and we're not we're not booking you a seat on the plane." I'm sorry. Yeah, sixty bucks and five hundred bucks are a big difference. Uh, but no, it's uh, yeah, it's it's exciting. We're we're pumped for it. Um, I got I got one more for you. Unless RG, you got another one. I'm all right. One one question for you. Um, most important one of the evening. Uh, predictions for the U.S. Open Cup match: New Mexico and Minnesota. Oh boy. Um, so first of all, you know, Cat is going to get out of the bag at some point. I'm not going to be on the call for that game. Oh, okay. Um, Damn. But if we lose, I, it's your I, fault. The, uh, you know what? I don't want to take that, but I will take <laughs> Mr. I, Big I Call do it on any of the guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, no Kevin Schrader, but Suggsy could be back. Suggsy could be back. That's a big one. Yeah. Could be though. And is he match fit? We'll only find out. Right. Oh, I hate to break it to you guys, but I think three one Minnesota. Well, I'm going to say three uh, one New Mexico, just uh, to even the odds, perfectly balanced as all things go. should be. Wonderful. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time, Tyler. Thank you so much for coming on, sharing with us, sharing your insight, and uh, and thank you. We, we've enjoyed your calls uh, wholeheartedly and, and, and look forward to the next one you call for us. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate what you guys are doing, and uh, keep up the great work out there. You guys are growing a beautiful game in a place where, where it's clearly been starving, and you guys are doing an excellent job. Really appreciate it. We appreciate it, Tyler. You can look up Three Honest Lads anywhere you get your podcasts, especially where you get our podcasts. So go look up Three Honest Lads, Tyler, uh, Tyler Terrence, Devin Kerr, Sam Stockley. It's a great podcast. Listen to that every week. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back on the other side with our last segment. You're listening to The CurseCast. Looking for a great place to catch Premier League, MLS, and USL games? Star Brothers Brewing is your family-friendly destination to catch all your favorite soccer matches. Star Brothers is also home to your official New Mexico United watch parties with a Curse Supporters Group. Get 15% off your ticket when you show your Curse membership card. Star Brothers Brewing is located at 700 San Antonio Drive in the Northeast Heights, just east of I-25 on San Antonio. You can find Star Brothers on Facebook or Instagram or visit starbrothersbrewing.com. And welcome back into the Curse Cast. I'm David Carl, joined alongside by my co-host, RJ Montano. RJ, it is time for your favorite segment of the day the good the bad and the ugly you want to lead us off with your ugly we start with ugly so we end on a good take us to take us to it rj so this 
past two weeks has been incredible. Yeah. So it's hard to find an ugly. Mm -hmm. So I had to think really long and really hard. Like what has been ugly? I got it. Like, uh, okay. The people of El Paso, (laughs) man, are they (laughs) ugly? Well then no more context needed. That's just it. That's it. That's beautiful. Love it. Okay. My ugly, uh, (laughs) sorry, you're getting over that. Uh, my ugly, uh, was situation when we got to Dallas, uh, for the U.S. Open Cup match, uh, we, as we do before every away match that we travel to, we had a conversation with the front office about what we can and what we cannot bring into the stadium. And we said, hey, we often like to bring flags into the stadium. We've got some handheld flags that our fans like to bring, and we've got a couple bigger flags that we like to bring. Those flags are on PVC, pole, PVC pipe poles. Um, most stadiums don't have any problem with that. And we were told by the front office in Dallas there wouldn't be any problem. And I said, well, the game's not being played at your normal stadium. It's being played at SMU. Is that going to be a problem? I said, nope. Same rules apply. So we get to the front. We go to give them our tickets. And they say, no flagpoles allowed. Ah, SMU. And it's not just. It wasn't just like the big PVC flagpoles. The little handheld flags. Those little poles had to go away, too. The little plastic pieces. So everybody held their flags without poles. So that's my ugly. Like, just communicate. I mean, I know you're already eliminated from the U.S. Open Cup, Dallas, so it doesn't really matter. But in the future, just communicate. FC Dallas, SMU, please talk to one another so that we don't have to go through this again. We had an issue in Denver where they told us we couldn't bring it initially. And then we said, you know, we talked to the front office. They told us this and they corrected it and they were fine and we got it through. We were good. FC Dallas, not so much. So that's my ugly just a little bit better communication would be great. SMU is ugly. <laughs> All right, so. you're bad. Uh, my bad is, um, you know, losing to Las Vegas 5-1. to one. Okay. That was not fun to watch, especially since we were there listening to that crappy coach, Eric, whatever, Winaldo. Hey, Eric Winaldo. God, that guy sucks. And, yep. and then drawing with Los Dos, two teams that, that were, I mean, we got one of six points that that we really, really need. Yeah. I, so that's my bad is that we lost those games, drew that game, but it's still early, like you said. Yeah, plenty of time. Not even halfway through the season yet. My bad also takes us to Las Vegas, uh, and that was more on the atmosphere there. And you're going to call me a curmudgeon. You're going to call me an old man. It's more spectacle than soccer game there. And, and granted, they won 5-1, so maybe I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. So take that with a grain of salt. But it's... <sighs> It's. You don't like the kiddie pools. The, the, the kiddie pools. It's it's fine, I guess. It's the wild, wacky arm waving inflatable tube, man. It's the confetti after every single goal. It's the freaking guy on the microphone Bobo. during the game, Bozo. He's on the mic during the game when there's a shot. He's like, oh, 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 hey. dude, shut up, shut up. And then and then when when Las Vegas scores, he's saying, oh. I thought this was supposed to be the, the best team in the league. I was like, come on, dude. Like, have a little bit of professionalism. Las Vegas Lights, have a bit of professionalism. Be a professional organization, please. Try it. Try it. It's not all about dumping money out of a helicopter at center pitch. Try being a professional organization. Again, they beat us. So take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt, and they beat us badly. 
I just I don't think the atmosphere is is the best. It's just again, call me a curmudgeon all you want. I didn't like the atmosphere. You are a curmudgeon. It was kind of fun to see some of the things. <laughs> but I didn't like Bobo either. Yeah. Uh, I also didn't like and in Las Vegas, uh, one of the supporters groups. They have two. I don't like that they have two because of why they have two. Yes. And, and well, this is very common. This happens around in other places. Uh, yeah, and we will. I, I think we could talk about down that the road. Time, we're going to yeah. talk about this. Uh, but two different supporters group. One of the supporters groups, loud and proud, does the P chant. Yeah, and very loud on the microphone, on the megaphone. Yeah, that's that was disgusting. Yeah, horrible. Not a fan of that. They're also ugly. Other Vegas <laughs> supporters group. All right, uh, let's end it on a high note, though. Give me your good. My good um, is not New Mexico United related. It, it is what? soccer related. Okay, Albuquerque FC. Yeah, holy cow, that was a fun team to watch they are just about wrapping up i think they wrapped up the division championships so almost almost they if they just need one more point or need an opponent to drop one more point but it's all but wrapped up it is so almost statistically we went out to that to that match at st pius high school and what an exciting brand of soccer that so much these women are are playing yeah absolutely and it's really cool it's their first year of existence in the wpsl um i've I've had the pleasure of going to, to three of their matches so far man it's so much fun god they're good first of all they're, they're really good. good they're in first place as you mentioned um they're gonna need to raise some money by the way speaking of that uh to get to the playoffs so they're gonna be knock on wood they're gonna be a playoff team and they're gonna have to travel uh travel i think is gonna take them to california um and, and there's Oklahoma, not there's, yeah and there's not money in the budget for that so Stay tuned for that. They're going to need to raise some money. And if, if you're interested in supporting local soccer, please keep an eye out for that. And maybe consider, if you can, if you have the ability, uh, maybe donating a couple dollars. There their way. are several local girls playing it's almost on this enti- team. It's almost so entirely Lobos. It, I mean, a lot of Lobos. You got to get out there, support these girls. What, I mean, it was the last match, I think. Yes, it was the last They're not going to make up that was there a game they were going to make up? Or? Yeah, I don't think I'm not sure if that's going to happen or not. Okay. Uh, but there there was a match that was canceled earlier in the season. But um, so yeah, but again, uh, you can still support them. They have represented our city, Albuquerque. Very They've well. represented the state well. They are so fun to watch. It was really great. cool to to show up and see like 300 people in the stands. Yeah, like the stands were packed. Lots of people cheering them on. Uh, Chanting AFC, AFC is really cool. And then I got to hang out, me and my family mm-hmm. got to hang out with Andrew yep. and see Andrew in his element. Yeah, he loves and, uh, that. Oh, man, that was a lot of fun. My daughter had so much fun. Well, I was going to ask you about that, though. Not, not just hanging out with Andrew, because Andrew's wonderful, but about taking your daughter to see a WPSL game. That's yeah. got to be so cool. And it was cool. And she, I don't know if you saw her, but they... they <laughs> Albuquerque FC keeps scoring. Yeah. So she had a lot of chances to wave her, the scarf, her, her scarf right. around and jumping around. She does her little victory runs and Andrew let her bang on the drum for a while and she was having a blast with that. That's and, awesome. and it was really cool to see my daughter being able to look up to these girls. She's way too young to understand it right now. Mm-hmm. But to see like the the there it, it there are girls out there to look up to is, is locally yeah it was fantastic absolutely we've got a lot of a really great local soccer here don't forget the albuquerque soul they're they are fighting for playoffs as well they're doing everything that they can they are uh we got to get out to some of those games they've got a couple games left i think two home games left if i remember correctly maybe three um so would love to see people get out to that the next home game is on i believe july 11th so if you can make it out to that'll it be at saint Pius high school come on out we were we're we've 
go and we support whenever we can and it's a lot of fun and really affordable great for the family coming out to the soul matches the the albuquerque fc matches it's a lot of fun yep all right what do you got my good uh my good is gonna take a, a little bit of time for me to say it all my good is peter ron liz lucas josh Ilyana, dorian jessica juan marcos desiree dominic Seth, Brandon, Caitlin, Tyler, Quinn, and Maddie. Is that the Brady Bunch? That's the Brady Bunch. No, it's the front <laughs> office of New Mexico United, and they don't get enough appreciation. No. Every single one of them. And, and everybody loves Peter. Peter is amazing, and Peter kicks ass all the time and, and is so great for this community. But the people behind him don't get enough credit. They are amazing. They made this trip happen. In addition, again, as we said earlier, First Financial Credit Union, absolutely wonderful and generous in investing in the community. But these people worked their asses off, worked hell of a lot more than 40 hours over the past week to make this trip happen. There were meetings that went late. There were meetings that were early. There were, I can't tell you probably how many phone calls happened and emails and and all of these things and they did it for you, people. They did it for us. They did it for New Mexico. They did it so that you could go and support your team. And those people do not get enough credit. They're amazing. We love them. We love the support that they provide for the state. Um, and I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for everything you guys do. You guys are amazing. You guys rock. Yeah. So if you're passing by the New Mexico United store, the front offices. Bring them some donuts. Bring them some donuts or maybe a pizza, you know. Yep. They deserve it. They do. Those guys are great. I love them. Yep. All of them. All Every of single them. one. Top to bottom. I've, I'm. Except for you. You know who you are. I'm just kidding. I just Lucas. <laughs> I got him. We love you, Lucas. All right. Uh, I think that's all we got. Unless uh, you got anything else you want to close us out? That's it. We, uh, we'd like to thank some of our sponsors. Star Brothers Brewing. Uh, Curse Viewing parties over there at 5700 San Antonio Drive. We, tonight, the uh, Curse Cast was brought to you by... Star Brothers Brewing Altonomous. That's what we're drinking right now. Oh, I love that brown beer. It's, it's so good. good. It's damn. It's good. my favorite. Is that it, well, no, 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 no. It, it was well, your brown was chicken the, brown cow. Yeah, but they're not, they're not making that right now. This is a, an amazing replacement. Yeah. So oh, I love it. My favorite is the bizcochito stout that they do around Christmas time. Oh, zombies in the manger. It's so good. It's so good. When that's not in, I get the five hundred five reds a lot. Um, uh, it's that's that's really tasty as well. Well. This weekend, uh, watching Los Dos, we were at Rio Bravo Brewing, 1912 yeah. 2nd Street, I-40 and 2nd Street. I had a bunch of, not a bunch, I had a responsible <laughs> amount of Send It, and that is my favorite beer yeah. there. I've had that when we do TIFO, whenever I'm there, mm-hmm. I have Brad bring me a Send It. Well, and- that reminds me, we're going to do TIFO soon. We gotta do Tifo soon. Yeah. Yeah. And look out for that. Yeah. Um, and so my the the beer that I've been getting there recently, uh, they have a uh blackberry porter sour, which is, sounds like a weird combination. It's freaking delicious. Really, really good. So I've been getting I don't remember the name of it, but it's really, really tasty. Uh, I get, I've been getting that a lot. All right. So at your next viewing parties, go to Rio Bravo, go to Star if you're in Albuquerque, have some of those great beers. If you're in Santa Fe, go to Boxcar 530 South Guadalupe Street. And if you're in Las Cruces, Bosque Brewing. Bosque. Las Cruces, 901 East University Avenue. Yeah. We'd also like to thank Rude Boy's Cookies. A man. Rude Boy. Rude Boy. Sorry. I always do that. Rude Boy. Rude Boy. You're a rude boy. boy. I am. Yeah, they're delicious. Anyway. Mike Silva, thank you so much. We Uh, did a fundraiser there for our most recent bus trip. Mike and and the entire Rude Boy crew were so generous and helpful and wonderful, and thank you. And we had a curse cookie, which is really cool. It was tasty. That was really cool. 1500 Harvard. 15... 
sorry, 115 Harvard. And they're also in the Elvado Square across from the Albuquerque Aquarium. Uh, we'd also like to thank uh, ESPN Radio 1017 team, your flagship station for New Mexico United Soccer. We are on the beautiful game network, the BGN, Ooh. home to several MLS Premier League and USL podcasts. And we'd also like to thank Vista World Link. Vista World Link provides us every week with our uh, audio that you hear kind of coming in, coming out, and, and the television audio. So thank you to uh, Vista World Link, brought to you, uh, bringing us the audio. Uh, the Noms and our fans. God, we love you guys. You, you uh, We have been busy. These past couple of weeks, you to say, say the least, and uh, uh, we we hear you guys saying, "Where the hell are you guys?" Yeah, with the curse cast, so we appreciate that. Uh, he, here it is. Um, enjoy it, listen to it five, six, seven, eight times. Go give us five stars wherever you get your podcast: uh, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Just just download. If you don't listen, just delete it. Download again. Delete it. Download again. <laughs> Do what you can to get our numbers up. Yeah, and uh, yeah, David. Yeah. That's all I have for this week. Do you thank the noms, right? I did thank the noms. Okay. Man, we love you guys. The you noms guys, are great. I love this music is so good. I'm going to listen to a little bit of it on, on this close. I feel like a, a one-hit wonder. One-hit wonder. All right. Let's uh, let's close it out, and we'll uh, hopefully be talking to you pretty soon. we got a, a week-long break, but we'll be back uh, shortly. Our next match against uh, Real Monarchs, so stay tuned for that. Until then, Somos Unidos. We are united. Hit wonder on my TV screen said how was good looks and his groovy beats are gonna help you move your beats in here. Yeah.